What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to tell my story. Something I realized recently when somebody asked a question in in the podcast form about who I am and why I'm where I am today is that I haven't even told you guys my true story of why I do what I do, where I'm at today, and how I got there. The last time I briefly touched on this was literally episode one or two of this show, and it was like a 10-minute episode. So it was way, way back. And recently, I got interviewed on somebody else's podcast, um, and it's happened a couple more times lately as people are starting to reach out for, for me to be on their show. And he kind of dug into my story. It was an entrepreneurial podcast just talking about like how people start up, how people get where they are today, specifically younger entrepreneurs as it's like a college-based podcast. Really cool. Um, My guy, Joel, so I will link to that in the show notes. Hopefully, I think it's already out. Um, But essentially, he was digging into that. And then this question popped up in the, the forum. And she basically just said, tell us about Cody. How did you start in the online coaching business? What did you do before you emerged into this industry? And what are the hardest things you've had to overcome or the hardest things in general in this industry? I thought that was really cool because it gives me a chance to touch on a lot of different things of, again, why I do what I do, um, how I overcame adversity. And a lot of people don't realize where I came from or or how I got started in this or who I used to be, which is not (laughs) even remotely close to who I am today. And I think people are going to be pretty surprised to hear a little bit more about my story um, and how I made this a lifestyle and I made this a business and I created essentially my passion and my hobby into a a business that can support my family, which was always my dream, right? Um, so I'm going to dig into my story today and I'm really excited to do so. So without any further ado, <laughs> let's get on to the show of my story, Cody Boom Boom McBroom. How I got into the industry is kind of it's kind of interesting. I think that uh, I was probably the least likely candidate to ever become a personal trainer, become a nutrition coach, to own a business in, in fitness and nutrition. Um, and I'll tell you why. So basically, I grew up as the chubby kid. I was never like obese or super overweight, but I definitely didn't like my appearance. I wasn't confident with my shirt off. I avoided the swimming pool, the lake, anything that had to do with me taking off my shirt. Um, I was that kid. And, and I hid behind my humor and I hid a little bit behind not necessarily bullying, but like, I mean, you know how guys get. We, we make fun and we poke and we, we kind of pick on each other, um, your friends and people who aren't your friends. And that was kind of how I disguised my insecurities, right? My insecurities about being a little overweight. And I still had a lot of friends. I was still popular. I still dated a lot of girls. But there was always like this this urge to get fit. And I had a lot of friends that had six packs just naturally. Even my brother ate horribly. He didn't eat healthy by any means. I mean, shit, he ate only chicken nuggets till he was fucking 16, I think. And uh, my mom's going to crack up when she hears that because I know she listens to this. But he he had abs and he didn't have to try, right? And I was always just struggled. I always, I definitely didn't eat clean. I didn't exercise a lot. Never stepped foot in the gym until I was even 18 years old, I think. Maybe 17. So I wasn't the most fit person ever, right? I skateboarded, I snowboarded, and that was about it. And I played soccer. And it wasn't till junior year of high school that, actually, I would say sophomore year. No, 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 actually, I'm lying. Freshman year of, of high school. I started getting really, really into uh, soccer. I started really getting into the athletic side of things in my, not only in my high school, um, I made the varsity team. So I would drive or take the bus from the junior high over to the high school. And I actually got to play on the same team as my brother, which is where the name boom, boom came from. They called my brother, Vinny, boom, boom, McBroom. Um, and when I came on the team, it was Cody, boom, boom, and Vinny, boom, boom. And it was the boom, boom brothers, which is a lot of boom, booms, but Essentially, this one teacher, Mr. Shelbert, our history teacher, was the funniest fucking teacher ever. He literally, he was that guy that could do whatever he wanted. He literally, I remember multiple occasions where he gave me a wedgie in class in front of people. But I love him to death and I thank him for giving me the name Boom Boom because I created a business and marketed with it. So thank you, Mr. Shelbert. Um, But essentially, uh, I made the team with my brother and that was a big driving motivation. At the time, I was uh, pretty, I wouldn't say lazy, but I wasn't a very active kid until I got into soccer. I started playing indoor soccer, high school soccer, outdoor club soccer. Um, and it, and it got me away from some bad things that I was doing. Um, you know, like at a young age, I was already partying in high school quite a bit, um, drinking way too much for a high school kid in general. 
um, which just obviously is not a good thing and it's not going to take you down the right path and it's going to bring you around a lot of people who just aren't going to motivate you or bring you up. Um, and weed was really big in, uh, my school. So there was a lot of marijuana around. I got into that and it was just like a lot of negativity and a lot of negative aspects of everything. Well, soccer, and I got into it at a young age because my brother was two years older than me. So even though I was in eighth grade, I was hanging out with the 10th graders, right? In ninth grade, I was hanging out with the 11th graders. So it was always like, hanging out with the older kids and I got introduced to just about everything a little bit early um, and I matured a little bit quicker um, and so and, and I've always had kind of a control issue right like I like to kind of roam and do my own thing and that's probably why I own my own business but that kind of can get you into trouble and it was kind of heading me down a wrong path so I'm, I'm really thankful for soccer because in ninth grade soccer came and it stopped me from going down that wrong path because I was at soccer practice every day um, after school I couldn't be roaming around and then in the off season when high school wasn't going on I was playing indoor, I was playing outdoor, and it kind of got me away from everything, and, and even though I skateboarded, and, and if I wasn't doing that, I was skateboarding, which helped a little bit, but obviously there was some kids that weren't the best kids to hang around while we were skateboarding, but it did pull me away. Um, freshman year, sophomore year, and then junior year came, and I tore my meniscus. I made captain of the team as a junior, I was super pumped, and I tore my meniscus. Uh, I tore my meniscus and had surgery, and then I was out for the season um, on all my soccer teams. This created a kind of a downward spiral for me mentally. I mean, any athlete knows that when you get injured, you just it, it sucks, right? I didn't go into a depression or anything, but it's not fun, man. Like you, you're stuck. You can't move. You can't skateboard. You can't play soccer. You can't really do anything besides kick it. And at the time, the best thing to do while you were kicking it and what all the people around me were doing when they were just kicking it was smoke weed and drink alcohol. So I kind of started going back down that path, right? I started partying. I started going down that negative path, and it just sucked, right? It's just at the time I didn't think anything of it, but I, now looking back at it, it's like I, it's disappointing and it sucks, but everybody has their path and everybody has their their journey towards success and happiness, and that was mine, right? You have to fall before you can get up, right? You have to fail before you can succeed, and that was kind of how I look at it now. Um, so... Senior year comes. Um, I'm no longer on crutches, obviously. I've healed up, and, and I got into the gym, and I think I lost 5 or 10 pounds, right? Like I cut a little bit of the weight off that I gained. Um, still chubby, but I started getting back into soccer. So the weight starts falling off. I start getting good again. I make captain of the team senior year, super pumped. It's my last year in high school. This is my hurrah. Again, it pulled me away from all the bad shit because I literally couldn't do anything besides be involved in sports since it took so much of my time, which is what I wanted. Um, and subconsciously, it was the best thing ever because it was pulling me away from negativity. And then preseason, we're at a practice game. I tore my ACL in the same exact knee. So at this point, this is the second injury that's going to take me out. Um, I can't play soccer. I can't skateboard. I can't do any of this stuff. And I go right back down the same path. But this time, I gain a little bit more weight. So fast forward through high school. It's, it's college time now. And all my friends are either in, high, in, in college doing their thing at universities, playing sports, getting scholarships. I'm stuck at a community college, which there's nothing wrong with. And I just at the time, had a mindset of, this is not where I'm supposed to be. And the only friends I had left back in town that weren't off at school were not going down a good path. So here I am. It's college. I'm disappointed. I'm in a bad place. I'm not practicing the healthiest habits, we could say. And, uh, and I decide, one day, I look in the mirror, and this is, this is where everything shifted. Uh, we used to live in this house that had like a big basement, and that was my room. So I'm down in the basement chilling. And I remember looking in the mirror, and I always avoided the mirror. I always avoided the scale. I didn't really like to look at myself without my shirt on. But it was the most powerful thing I could have ever done. I looked in the mirror, and I saw stretch marks coming. And the minute I saw stretch marks coming on the sides of my stomach is when I, I kind of had this epiphany. And I knew something had to change. Not only because this wasn't healthy for an 18-year-old to be gaining weight being lazy, not doing much with his life at all. And I mean, I was going to I was going to school, but I hated it. I hated every moment of it. I skipped when I could. I was going to school for business and I was learning from teachers who never had owned a business before and it made no sense. So I was stuck in this class looking at teachers who I didn't respect and I was frustrated because they were trying to tell me how to do something that they've never truly done before. And any coach, teacher, or mentor should have walked down the path. And I remember confronting my, one of my teachers and saying, have you ever owned a business? And his answer was no. And I was just, I was heated. So here I am, 
I'm in Des Moines, Washington. Um, we lived across the street from the college. So I used to be able to walk school, and <laughs> I used to be sweating by the time I get up that hill too. But I look in the mirror and I see stretch marks, and that's when it all clicked. And I walked upstairs. I got rid of the fucking shit cereal and, and junk that I was eating. I stopped. I shouldn't say I stopped drinking or doing all the bad habits because there still is going to be some of that. You're young, you're a kid, you're in college, you party, right? But I completely changed my lifestyle with the drop of a dime. I looked in the mirror, I saw something I hated so much and I just knew I had to change. And the only way I was going to change is if I did it right now because there is no time to wait. There's never going to be a good time. Every single moment of our life is not the right time. There's always birthdays. There's always a vacation coming. There's always work stress. There's always family stress. There's always something in the way from creating a healthy lifestyle. And I sat there telling myself that I would someday get lean for 18 years of my life. I always said someday it'll, I'll, I'll have a growth spurt. Someday I'll get lean. Someday I'll be able to eat healthy. Ah, I won't do it today because I feel like eating this, right? I'll, I'll go to the gym someday. But my insecurities wouldn't let me go to the gym because I was, I was nervous. I was embarrassed. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I got tired of it. And this was the moment where I was like, well, all my best friends are in college. So what, like, what can possibly happen? So I got rid of everything. I decided I was going to make a change. I even remember writing down the goal, like, one day I'll be on a bodybuilding stage, which was crazy for anybody back then to even hear me consider that would just laugh because there's no way. Eventually I did it. But that's later on in the story. So I end up going and getting a membership at a gym called Division Quest, and I'll never forget it. The first day I get there, you have to do a consultation, which means they're going to measure you. They're going to tell you what you need to work on. They're going to offer you some free personal training sessions, and then you're going to get a tour of the gym. I didn't want to do it. I just wanted to get my membership. Let me do my thing. I used to work out at fucking midnight because it was open 24 hours, and I knew people walking around the mall because it was attached to a mall wouldn't see me if I did it late at night. So... When people talk to me about insecurities or embarrassment or, or fear at the gym, like, trust me, whether you believe it or not, I completely understand. Because once upon a time, I was in those exact same shoes. But I'll never forget, they, they, they tell me I have to do it. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I go sit down at this table and I'm waiting for the trainer to come get me. And this trainer walks out and it's like a hot 25-year-old girl. And I'm this like 18-year-old chubby kid who's already embarrassed to be there. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You're going to measure me and weigh me? So basically, they do my body fat, they measure me, they get me on a scale, and they pretty much tell me that I'm overweight and I need to make a change. And it's like, duh, like, yeah, I know that. And I was just, I was mortified, I was embarrassed, and that's probably what caused me to start working out late at night. But that drove me even harder. I used that negative motivation to just go harder. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to show all these people. So I started going to the gym, not knowing what the hell I was doing. My knee was still in a really bad place, so I'm trying to repair this knee, and I'm going through the motions, right? I'm doing shit I see in magazines. I'm doing shit I read on bodybuilding.com, whatever I can find. And at this point, it, it was good because I started losing weight. And here's the thing is I was doing nothing and then I started doing something a couple days a week. And that is the most powerful thing you can do in any avenue of your life and any goal you're trying to achieve. If you're doing zero right now, doing one simple thing a week is going to move you forward towards that goal, right? And that's why I always say like build habits slowly and that's ex- like – I didn't mean to, but that's what I did. Two or three times a week, I would go to the gym and I would do something, whether it was riding the bike or even just doing bicep curls and shit because that's what Ronnie Coleman was doing in the Flex magazine I saw. Then that's what I did, but I was moving and I was in the gym and I was uh, avoiding more processed foods. Back then, I had no knowledge and I was eating Special K instead of Cocoa Puffs. I was eating whole wheat bread instead of white bread. And those little changes were actually helping a lot because beforehand I was eating a ton of processed food. I had 50 pounds to lose. I was in a bad place. I was drinking a a lot of soda. So I switched to diet pop, like little things like that made a big difference. And I started cutting some weight. So I'm starting to lose weight. And one day I didn't have gas to drive to the gym. So I decided to work out at the college gym, which was free. It was a, it was a shithole, but I was like, whatever, it's free and I, I don't have the gas to drive. So I'm working out in the college gym and I have my knee brace on because my knee's still, again, not in a good place. I'll never forget this. I'm doing leg extensions, which is a horrible exercise to do if you are <laughs> trying to repair your knee. So I'm doing leg extensions and this old dude walks up and, and I'm, I'm going to get this guy on the podcast soon. He actually mentioned he wants to jump on. So this old guy walks up and he looks at me and he doesn't look like he's in shape by any means. I mean, he's not obese or anything like that, but he just doesn't look like a jack dude. He doesn't look like a buff guy. Not somebody that I would expect to be who he actually is. And he walks up and he goes, hey man, like, did you have a knee injury? And I tell him, yeah, like tore my meniscus, tore my ACL. Why? And he was like, yeah, I probably wouldn't be doing that. You should be focusing on some 
you know, some goblet squats and like consider building some hamstring strength. And I'm like, who the hell is this old dude trying to tell me what to do? I've been reading freaking all these magazines and shit. And he, uh, and he goes, you know what? You should stop by my class one day. I think you would like it. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, it's called functional training. And I was like, huh, okay. And he was like, yeah, I run a uh, personal fitness trainer program here. I think you'd be interested. It'll, it'll teach you a lot. Don't worry about anything. Just, just next time you can come by, it's at noon in whatever building it was. And he was like, come by, right? So I'm like, okay, dude. And at the time, I was an arrogant little prick. And I just brushed off my shoulders. Didn't think anything of it. And I went home and I started like researching, you know, like functional training and, and I got kind of interested And one day I was sitting in my business math class or something and I got up and I left and I went right to his class. I just skipped my class, went to his class, sat down and I loved everything I heard. They were going over the FMS. They were going over a lot of Mike Boyle stuff. They were going over everything, functional training, functional movement patterns, some things that finally clicked in my head that made sense. And I talked to him after class. And he told me who he was. He told me a little bit about him, but he's a super humble guy, so he didn't say much. So I go home and Google this guy. His name's Tim Vagan. And little do I know he has worked with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I believe it was. He was a college rower. He's worked with some Olympic-level swimmers. He owns a gym at a hospital rehabbing patients from literally paraplegic status in wheelchairs to walking. It's insane what he does. And I'm like, this guy is a genius. So I tell my parents, you know, I want to switch my degree. Um... I can't remember exactly how that went down. I know my dad probably wasn't a big fan. He was paying for school. I was going for business. He wanted me to be a salesman like him. Um, and, I mean, I'm a, I'm a chubby dude that has never trained in my life. And it, I've been in the gym a couple months, and now I want to be a trainer, and I want to switch my degree. Like, I can completely understand why you wouldn't want me to do that. Um, my mom, of course, was all for it. She was like, you could do whatever you want. And she's always been that way. So I went to school. I changed my degree, forged my dad's signature, and I switched my college degree to uh, personal fitness trainer. I didn't tell him right away, but I ended up telling him he got pissed, but it is what it is because he's happy now. And uh, I switched my degree, and I started attending Tim Vagan's classes, and that's when it all really clicked. I started losing weight rapidly because I started learning smart training, smart nutrition, started diving into things, started helping training my friends, started meeting new people. I started going to seminars with Tim. I started bugging him and following him at the gym. And it just kind of kept catapulting throughout college. Um, About halfway through college, I started a blog. And this is where the online game kicked in for me. And remember, I'm 18, maybe 19 at this point. I'm probably 19 at this point. I started a blog, and it was called BeFitLiveGreat.Weebly.com. And the reason it was .Weebly.com is because you couldn't buy just .com unless you paid however much. And I didn't have money. I was a broke college kid. I worked part-time at Rite Aid as a store clerk, and I was buying (laughs) – protein powder and <laughs> shit like that with my money, my gym membership. So I kept bfitlivegreat.weebly.com and I started writing blogs and I started applying to write for the college newspaper on any fitness article I could possibly write. And every single week I was writing, I was writing, I was writing. Even if I didn't publish it, I read this thing by Adam Bornstein way back and I'll never forget this. He said, you should write 500 to 1,000 words every single day or something like that. And he was basically like, even if you don't publish it, you should be writing because that's the only way you're going to build your voice and, and learn how to be the best blogger you can possibly be. So I was like, okay, hey, I'm just going to start writing, right? So I started writing more and I started reading articles from different bloggers that were big in the game back then. People like Nate Green, John Berardi on Precision Nutrition. I lived on T Nation. Um, Jason Ferrugia was a huge influence to me back when he used to write a lot of blogs. Um, Nate Green was really big. I might have already said that. So I've been reading these guys' blogs, and I remember even skipping work. So I used to work as a Rite Aid clerk, and then I got another part-time job as an overnight maintenance guy at a community center a couple times a week. So at this point, I'm going to college, I'm working at Rite Aid, and I'm working at a community center. What I used to do at Rite Aid and at the community center is I used to hide with my phone and read um, these articles. I even remember I bought an iPad, and I hid it in the maintenance room, so when I was in between, like... We used to have this one room. It's so funny. We had this one room. It was like a game room where all these uh, older ladies would play bridge a couple nights a week. And there was like a, a maintenance closet. And whether it was overnight and sometimes I'd work on the weekends during the day, like it was the only room in the entire facility that didn't have any cameras. So what I would do is I'd have my walkie. I'd leave, act like I'm going to go patrol the, the building, clean up and do whatever. And I would go into this closet and I had this chair like with a footrest all set up and I would read my iPad and I would read articles on T Nation and Jay Frugia's site while I was on shift getting paid. <laughs> and, uh, and when my walkie would go off, I would just walk out of the room and go help and do whatever I needed to do and they would never know because 
that room didn't have any cameras. But anyway, so long story short is every single day I'm just entrenched in these blogs. And I'm like, I just want to do what they do. I don't know how these guys make money. But they have a living. And it's in fitness and it's online. And they're doing something with their websites. And it's the coolest fucking thing. And all I wanted, more than money, more than anything, I wanted people to go to my website and learn like I learned from these guys. I would go to these guys' website and I would type in best reps for muscle building. I would type in creatine. I would type in intermittent fasting. I'd type in these things I'd hear about and I would just read. And I thought it was so cool that I could go to somebody else's site and I could type in a search bar and I can learn from them. And I wanted so fucking bad for people to be able to go to my website someday and type in the search bar and read something. And now, to this day, I have so many articles on my website that you can go to the search bar and you can type in damn near anything. I'm sure something will pop up, which makes me happier than anything in my life. Like I can't – that's not true. Not anything in my life. But <laughs> you guys get the point. That's one of my favorite things about all this. So I'm 19. I'm reading all these articles. Um, I'm halfway through school. And it's a two-year program, and I'm loving it. I'm, I'm interning under my teacher's facility a couple days a week where he trains in rehabilitation stuff for a lot of people. I train at his gym with a couple students every day working out, and then I work at nights at Rite Aid or the community center, going to school in the morning. I'm just loving it. At this point, I'm, like, locking myself in my room and studying or I'm working or I'm at school. Like, I did nothing besides entrench myself in fitness every single day. And you can ask some of my best friends this day um, – fuck, I feel like some of them were going to write me off as a friend because I would just, I, I zoned out. I disappeared off the map for a while and just, I, I just loved everything about fitness and nutrition. It's insane how obsessive I became about it, but in the healthiest way possible. I wasn't obsessive about abs or my body weight. Like I lost weight naturally. I got lean. All I cared about was getting stronger and just learning how to help people more. Um, and this just kind of kept carrying on and on. And then one day I'm sitting in a class and it was the business of personal training. And we had a guest speaker, and his name was Luca Hosevar, and he's the owner of Vigor Ground Fitness and Performance. And back then, he had his smaller gym. It was, it was a small facility. And, uh, and this is, again, I was 19, so this is six and a half years ago, and because uh, I'm 25 right now. So he walks in, and he's like, so we've had a bunch of guest speakers, right? Like, we've had a, um, we had a bunch of guest speakers. We had the lady from, uh, I want to say it was Coinstar. She like owned Coinstar. She came in. We had some boot camp people. We had like GMs from um, LA Fitness. Tim Vegan is very good friends with Charlie Weingroff, um, uh, Dan John, Mike Boyle. So we had all these really big names coming into the class, but mostly everybody was wearing khakis and a polo or, or something along those lines. And then Luca comes in, and Luca comes in wearing a Jordan sweatsuit, I believe. He had a Jordan cap on that matched, all black and red. He had some like jo- uh, black and red Air Forces. He had a big-ass diesel watch. I remember it was diesel because I used to love diesel watches, and I recognized it. He had a big chain on, and him and his uh, one of his ex-trainers came in, and I was just like, yo, who is this guy? And he was successful. He owned a gym. He loved what he did. He helped hundreds of people, and he was unbelievably enthusiastic about it. Um, every other word was fuck, and I, we were all shocked, and Tim, the, the teacher, just laughed and said he knew it would be this way, and... And it was it, it fired me up so much, and I'll never forget that towards the end of it, or midway through, or at some point during Luca's little speech about business and about training and how you can make a living doing this, and it doesn't need to be the typical uh, big box gym like he once had to do, and how he broke away and started a functional facility, and he's he's firing us up, and he he I remember him saying something about every time he went and, and saw somebody, or he went and spoke at an event, or he went and learned from somebody at an event. That's what it was when he learned it because he wasn't speaking yet. When he learned from people at events, he traveled. He would always send a thank you card, a note, a text, a book, something afterwards to help to just say like thank you for what you do. Like I learned from you, I appreciate you, thank you. Like that stuck with me. And I remember we have thirty kids in this class, thirty students from you know eighteen to twenty seven years old, and he leaves, and not one of those people besides me messaged him. So I sent him a long email and I said, "Yo, like what you just did." did more for me than you probably realize. Like everybody who's come in, like I just told you guys, every, everybody that's come in is wearing polos and khakis. I can't relate to them. I didn't know what I was going to do. You gave me a dry. Like I just kind of explained myself. I was like, thank you so much. I'm going to come to your charity boot camps because I, I know I can't afford a membership, but I'm going to be there for the charities. So I start popping in at all these charity boot camps, uh, just paying 10 bucks, jumping in and just, just talking to them, bugging them, bugging them, bugging them. And then finally he, they were opening up an opportunity for an internship. And so I applied, and I remember coming in, and the other people applying were wearing, you know, athletic gear like you would at any 
gym internship, I guess, like for work. I came in in a fucking suit, <laughs> like straight up tailored down. I was like, yo, I'm getting this interview and uh, I got it. So I got the internship and then I interned with Luca. So coming back a little bit, college more than anything was like an opening or a network opening for me. It, it introduced me to people, it introduced me to concepts and made me realize how much I love writing. Um, and it brought back that spark because I used to love writing in high school. Um, and I wrote in English class, I mean, comic books and stories and just things like then reports on like different people in history. And I used to love it. And that was the only class I ever excelled in everything else. I got D's and C's. I was not a very good student, but in English, I got a really good grade and it was because I loved writing. And so this was an opportunity for me to learn how to write and to get really good at it. So as I got introduced to people like John Romanello and Adam Bornstein, Nate Green, Jay Ferrugia, all these people that were killing the writing game and killing blogging and they had big names in the industry. They had big websites. I knew they were making money and I knew they were successful and I knew they were helping tons of people. I just didn't really know how. But I knew that the first step was creating a blog. So I created a blog and then I attached myself to the right people, which is a huge thing for anybody to do. No matter if you were 18 like me or you're 30 years old getting into the industry, the key is to attach yourself to some kind of mentor. So I already had Tim as my mentor and then Luca became my mentor. And Luca was my mentor for years, obviously, because I worked for him. So I get this internship and I remember in the interview telling Luca, because he asked me, you know, like, what do you want to do for a living? Like, what's the plan? I was like, well, I want to train people. I want to help more people um, in a setting that makes sense, right? Like right now I'm just helping friends. I'm doing whatever I can. I'm running a boot camp, which I used to do. I used to run a boot camp at this uh, turf field in my hometown of Milton um, way back. This is like, I moved away and then I would come back to town because um, I moved to Des Moines when I became an adult or when my parents split up um, in my teens and I, uh, I would go back to Milton where all the kids I went to school with lived and I would – I remember I'd tweet because back then I used to tweet a lot. I would tweet like, you know, like I'm going to be at the uh, conditioning session at the at the turf field at Surprise Lake Middle School. And people would come and I would – it wasn't like packed but, you know, some people would come. And we I had like uh, – I made some valve slides with like Tupperware containers. I made a sled out of like a, uh, a little snow disc that you slide down hills on and a big punching bag that I – duct tape to it and I tied some ropes to it so I had all these like makeshift equipment that I just made out of shit in my dad's garage and then I would train people to do conditioning stuff so I told them that and I was like I just want a place where I can learn and I can grow and I can do this stuff and then ultimately you know in five ten years I want to make money online and he was like how are you gonna do that I was like I have no idea I was like I, I want a blog I love writing I want to just build my blog I want it to be something like T Nation I want to make money online I want to make a career and a living online and at this time, there wasn't any online coaches. And if there was, they were bodybuilding prep coaches and they were living on bodybuilding.com. So I know like people like Lane Norton, Albert Nunez, and these people, 3DMJ, they started that shit way, way back. But nobody knew about it because they were in the natural bodybuilding space and they were, they were literally in the forums of bodybuilding.com. Like that's where you got them. So nobody really knew about that. And I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that business model. But I just knew I wanted to make money online. I didn't know how I was going to do it. So I told him that, and he was like, yo, the best way for you to do it is write as many fucking blogs as you can. He was like, are you on Facebook or Instagram? I was like, no. And he was like, get on Facebook, get on Instagram, start posting, start just spreading your message, and train as many people as you can over the next five years. He was like, just keep training, keep learning, like entrench yourself in this stuff, live in the gym, and I promise you everything will work out. And I trusted him. And there was many times along the journey where he had to kind of give me a slap in the face and tell me to shut up and calm down. And I was like a little brother to Luca. So he would say things to me that made me kind of slow down, right? I, I was always very impatient. So it was hard for me to trust the process, slow down, wait for success to come and know that it would come because I just wanted everything now. And I thank God that I had a mentor that would remind me constantly that he's been in the game for a decade already and he's just creating these big names and starting to meet people and starting to build this huge success and it had to it reminded me to slow down so um i spent fuck six years at vigor vigor ground coaching hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people and i just built my name and for those six years for a full six years every single week i wrote a blog there was obviously some weeks that I skipped, but literally I wrote so many blogs for my site, for other sites. Eventually I got to write for bodybuilding.com, um, HLHL, Mike Samuel's website, which is like healthy living, heavy lifting. Um, shit. Uh, obviously the Vigor Ground site I wrote for a bunch. The Personal Training Development Center, Huffington Post. Like I started getting 
writing gigs from just writing. Like the more you write and the more you put it out there, the more opportunities will come. So I started writing for other people. I started writing for myself. I created an ebook, and for six years, I just just honed in on my craft. Um, I wasn't making a ton of money. I wasn't you know, like famous. I wasn't everywhere. I wasn't gaining thousands and thousands of followers on fucking Instagram. I didn't care if I had two likes or 20 likes or 120. All I cared about was delivering value and putting out content. And that's still how my business rolls today. And it took a long time for things to catch up and start really snowballing. But essentially, like, that's how I got started in the online business. I know that was one of the original questions that she asked when she asked me this. And it got me started on the story was basically like, to get into the online industry, it's like you need to put yourself out there so hard, so often for so long or else it's not going to work. There is no quick quick hack. There is no lead generation scheme that you can start on Instagram today and generate 100 leads that are actually going to be quality leads that stick with you for a long period of time. The truth of online coaching is you need to be an influential figure who is not just an influencer – and by influencer, I mean you have 100,000 followers. You need to be a credible source, right? Credibility and in, in influence has, has been skewed in the media today because people who have 500,000 followers think they can say whatever they want and people are going to jump on it. And it's sad. Now, there's people with 500,000 million followers that know a lot. Kaiza Fit is a great example. She's a great friend of mine. She is smart as fuck. She has a college degree. She, she knows her shit. So they're not everybody. But... There's a lot of people that do. So I always tell people like, man, like even if you have 100 followers, post as much as you can. If you're a credible source of education, then you should be putting out as much info as you possibly can. And that's how you build an online business. And you can build a successful online business without freaking having hundreds of thousands of followers. And I'm an example of that. So I worked at Vigor. Um, I, uh, I trained hundreds and hundreds of clients under and with Luca. Um, we did, I did seminars at his gym. Um, I did nutrition coaching as gym. I did so much stuff and I just traveled everywhere I could to learn more seminars, everything. I spent all my money on that stuff. Everything I did was invested back into just learning more and learning more. And about three years ago, I, uh, I went on a trip and I went on this week long retreat called, um, Actually, shit, no, it would have it been like four or five years ago. It was a long time ago. I went on a retreat to uh, – no, 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 not four. I'm sorry. I'm me- messing up dates, but it was a while ago, like three or four years ago. I went on a trip to um, – I believe it was in Pacific Beach, San Diego. It was called Resurrection Week, and it was basically like uh, 10 fitness entrepreneurs who go there and two guys pretty much – not necessarily brutalize you, but they put you through some shit. They put you through some workouts. They put you through some hikes. They put you through some sand, stuff in the sand, carrying guys. They put you some through some very, very emotional and mental games and drills and really break you down so you open up and explain what the fuck is wrong with you, what the fuck's bothering you, what's holding you back, what is in your past that's creating roadblocks today. Like so many things that I learned on that trip is insane. And I mean, shit, one of the things we did was this thing called the. Uh, bowl in the ring and essentially all these guys would line up on the wall with boxing gloves and you go in the ring and you're in there and each guy gets to come out for 15 seconds and you got to defend yourself and I'll never forget it because here I am I think I was 21 22 years old and all these dudes are 30 plus Um, I was the smallest guy there shit a couple dudes were like 250 huge dudes and I'm sitting there bowling the ring fighting against these guys. And 15 seconds doesn't sound long, but I'll tell you what, when a big-ass dude is swinging his fist at you for 15 seconds and then as soon as the bell goes, he turns around and the next guy comes out, 15 seconds feels like minutes. And after we would go through these drills, they would sit us down and we would go through these mental games and mental drills and emotional drills and spiritual drills and we learn how to meditate and we, we hiked on this mountain. I'll never forget, we hiked on this mountain, went through this mental game of like, digging into our past, digging into our insecurities, and then we meditated on these rocks, like, way up there, looking over all of San Diego, and I'll never forget, like, I'm, I'm just, like, at peace in this meditation, it was the first deep meditation I've ever had in my entire life, and I just felt like I was floating, I couldn't feel my body, um, and for whatever reason, I felt called upon to open my eyes, I just opened my eyes in the middle of the meditation, and there was a hummingbird floating in front of me, like looking at me it seemed like um and it was so trippy and it was so weird because he was just like and and you guys know how like hummingbirds they flap their wings so fast that they just like hover right so here's this hummingbird just floating right in front of my face as I'm meditating on a big ass rock looking over all of San Diego and it was like a crazy moment for me because everything was just so still 
And I just kind of realized that like life is this huge, huge thing. Life is, it's, there's so much involved in it. There's so much involved in the world. There's so much out there. There's so much potential within me and within the world. And it was the moment that I just, everything changed. Um, I actually came home from that trip, had some huge revelations, uh, broke up with my girlfriend, took over the lease, was struggling to pay rent, but just knew I had to do this. Um, And everything just started moving forward, started climbing and climbing and climbing. And that was the point in my life that I shifted to go all in on the online space. That's when I realized that I had something here with the Instagram. That's when I had something with the blog. When my I would do YouTube videos or Facebook videos, and I, I realized that people wanted to hear my voice. Um, and it was at that point that I had more confidence and really just more certainty because I just didn't care. At that point, I just realized like there's so many people in the world that need to be helped. There's so many opportunities in the world. There's so much chance. There's so much freedom. And I have control of any decision I want to make and any change I want to make in my life. And if I want my career to be what I set out to be years ago, which is an online fitness business, I need to go all in on that. And I need to stop worrying about judgment, fear, doubt, the negative stories that I would tell myself in my head, um, and basically what anybody thought, because nobody else mattered, right? I have loved ones that matter, but nobody else's dictation of me or thought or, or, or negativity, like none of that shit matters. And I think that was the most powerful thing I took away from that whole trip was just like, life is too short, life is too precious, and life is also too big to settle for less and to not go out there and just get it. You know, like I posted something from Gary Vee today um, because he he had a big influence on me and this is kind of on that topic and I posted about it, but he had a quote on this this video he did and he said, when you are 90 and you are not mobile and you are tired and it's over, you can't do anything about it. You can't build that company you wanted. You can't spend that time with your kids. It's all regret. And that drives the fucking shit out of me. Like I just read it, like word for word what he said. And I remember watching that video and it just being like, I need to repeat this. And I used to watch that video every morning with breakfast, like no shit. But that's kind of how I felt. It was like, why am I not chasing this, right? So I came home from that trip. I started an LLC. Um, I got my name legally, Boom Boom Performance LLC. Um, I hired somebody to tweak my blog. And I really went to town on the business aspect of things. How do I market this? How do I build my own brand? How do I receive payments online? How do I structure my website and, and all these things I want to do? And I started just going at it relentlessly. And it took about a half a year until it was finally like 100% like, okay, I'm ready to start accepting payments and start taking on clients. And it just happened naturally, right? Because I had some people that reached out to me in the past that were like, hey, like, do you offer this? And I was like, I don't, man. Like, you got to be with me. So I reached back out to some of those people. I signed them up for online coaching and it just slowly grew. And what I did was I would just slowly start pitching. Right. So I know a lot of people that want to jump into the online space, but nobody knows that they're online coaching. So basically, I would just leave hints like, oh, my online client, this or like when I'm programming online or blah, blah, blah. And people kind of caught on. Right. Or people would see what we were doing at Vigor and what I was doing with clients at Vigor um, when they were in New York or they were in Florida. And they would basically reach out to me and they would uh, ask me, yo, like, can you train me? And I was like, yeah, for sure. So we, I started doing online coaching. I started accepting payments. I started the business. And this is about um, actually only two and a half years ago where it was legally accepting payments. I was taking some under the table Venmos and PayPals before on the side. But two and a half years ago, um, I started fully taking an in income. I started having people on EFT. I started having contracts signed. I started really having a legit business. And it just slowly, slowly started building and building and building over the course of 2016. And then 2017 was the biggest growth year of Boom Performance for sure because I invested more money in a coach than I could ever imagine. And if I told you guys what I – like I could have I could have had a G-Wagon for the price that I paid for coaching in 2017. Like literally I could have leased or, or paid monthly payments on a G-Wagon. Um, and I know that for a fact because I know how much they cost. And I think I could have afforded more than that. But the point is, is I invested more than was comfortable. And I remember getting a text and uh, it was December of 2016. I remember getting a text and this was, again, 2017 was the biggest year of my life. I got engaged. I found out I was having a baby. I bought a home. Like, uh, it, was, it was so big. I left Vigor Ground, which was a very, very hard thing for me to do because I was there for six plus years. It was my home. That was my family. It was what I knew. It was security. It was guaranteed income. And it was scary as fuck to me to go, okay, I'm going to leave this place, 
and I'm going to start my own business because I want to be home for my kid. And that was 100% the reason I did it. I love Vigor Ground. It gave me so much over the years, and I love everybody in that building. But I knew for me that if I was continuing to work on my online business in the morning and I was going to work at that gym training clients in the afternoon, I knew that I would not be there home for my kid. And my dad really wasn't around when I was a kid because he was working, and I did not want to repeat that. So for me, I was like, I need to do this because I want to be home and I want to sit at the dinner table with my family because that is the most important thing. And that's why I left. But I will – and actually, I'll get to that in a sec. So um, I remember waking up 2016, December. I woke up and I had a message from Steve Krebs who was my coach all of 2017, my mentor and one of the most powerful and influential figures in my life to this day because of what he taught me and how he allowed me to shift into a side of myself um, personally – which took my business to a completely different level. But I look over and he, he offered me an opportunity to be in this exclusive group of fitness entrepreneurs to coach with them. And he told me the price and I was like, holy shit, that is way too much fucking money. Like He's got to be joking. But for some reason, I couldn't say no. Like Something in my gut was telling me I needed to invest in this and it will pay off. I don't care how hard it is along the way. And I rolled over and I looked at Shannon, my fiance. It wasn't my fiance, fiance at the time. And I said, I think I'm about to make a financial, a scary financial decision that may help my business quite a bit. And she goes, I don't even want to know. Do what you got to do. And I was like, all right, thank you. She's like, I respect it. And she woke up and walked out of the bed. And I told Steve, I was like, let's do it. And he coached me to a level where, again, like that whole week of Resurrection Week where I learned so much about doubt, self self-anxiety, self-fear, self-doubt, self-judgment, projecting my judgment onto others, uh, being affected by others' judgment and what other people think and, and how to improve my relationship to a completely different level and how that will impact my business and meditation and all these things. He was the one that took me through it that week and now I was going to spend a whole entire year with him. So it, it created a different person all around. I'm a different human being because of it and it created a level of confidence, a level of certainty, a level of happiness and peace with myself uh, no matter what goes on in my life that completely changed everything for me and because of all that my business went through the roof um, and it's funny because he didn't really teach me anything from a marketing perspective my marketing plan has been the same my entire life it's be real be honest be authentic and put as much content out as possible help as many people as you possibly can and I've always done that and I never stopped doing that and that's all I did in 2017 when I had that growth but what was different is is myself when I was being authentic and transparent, it was a different person coming out in my content because he taught me how to be my true self and how to treat others like their true self and how to expand and, and grow my relationship to another level, which enhanced my business even more. So I spent all of 2017 with him and towards the end of that 2017 in October, um, we announced that we were having a baby, and that's when I had to sit down with Luca and tell him I had to leave Vigor Ground. And as much as I love the gym, I had to go all in on the online space because my gut was telling me, and then every time I've listened to my gut, it's paid off, and I had to do it again. And I couldn't be the dad that wasn't at home for dinner. Um, and I love my dad to death. We're fucking best friends to this day, but he wasn't home for dinner, and that bugged me a lot growing up. And I didn't want to do that. So I had the conversation. I had to say, you know what, like this is going to be, this is, this is what it is. I'm going to have to separate myself. I'm going to have to go online. And I made a very, very peaceful and smooth transition, making sure everybody stayed at the gym. Like there was no hard feelings, like love those guys to this day, but I had to do what I had to do and I had to move into the online space. So for anybody out there who is scared of making a big decision, just remember like what I said about regret earlier, regret is more painful than risk because if you regret something, you can never take it back, right? Like a risk, even if you fail, at least you're never going to wonder or regret not trying. And that's why I had to do that. And it was the scariest thing ever. But when I made that decision, and mind you, I was leaving a place that had security. I was leaving a place that had guaranteed leads, guaranteed marketing. I was leaving a place that had some of the biggest names in the industry coming on a regular basis. Luke himself is one of the biggest names in the industry. So... Me separating myself from that is a very risky thing because now I'm on my own and now I have to market and, and make a name for myself and go even harder. But I had a, such a big purpose in my life and that purpose was Blakely, my daughter that was on the way and my fiance Shannon. And I knew that like if I wanted to not only support them but be the type of father and, and husband that I wanted to be, like 
I had to do this. And, and it wasn't until I had that burning desire and that real, real purpose behind everything, my, my true why, that everything just took off. And m- things in my life, not just my business, but in my life grew more f- from the point of leaving Vigor to now than they ever have in my entire life. And the reason wasn't because I was at Vigor and it wasn't because um, just because of the baby, but it was because it was the first time in my life I honed in on my one thing. I knew what I was. I knew what I needed to market. I knew what I, my brand was. I knew what my my position was. I was the owner. It was on me. I knew what I was marketing. I wasn't marketing multiple things. Everything was zoned in on my one thing, which is boom, boom, performance, online coaching, and content production. Like That is all of my focus. And I wasn't being spread thin. I had balance in my life. I had more time with my relationship. I had a daughter on the way that I could think about and consider and focus and allowed me to grow. So all these things started happening and, and everything in my life took off almost at an overwhelming pace. And I do believe if I didn't know about creating space and meditation and gratitude journals and reading and, and having these resources like Steve and the guys that I was in that coaching group with, I think I would have been overwhelmed and probably even more stressed and anxious about the amount of growth that I had that that last part of the, the last quarter of 2017 because it was so fast it was so rapid but that's what it took right for me to get to a point of where I am now I had to focus all of my energy on one thing um and now uh I mean the business is my everything it's my baby it's what I love to do I get to work with so many awesome individuals I literally in in the way I've structured my businesses I do get awesome leads like the people who come in for coaching who apply are some of the coolest people I've ever met. And it's so fun to be able to be a big part of their life and be a big part of their journey and the people I've met from around the world. Like there's nothing more rewarding than what I do. Um, And I'm able to do it every single day in my home where I have a big office and I can just love my life. And my, my daughter was just born. She is the most beautiful baby in the world. And that's not a biased opinion. (laughs) Um, I have a beautiful fiance who gets to raise her. um, And, and life is good. And, and I think that's truly because in 2017, I found out who I truly was. I found out my true purpose behind everything I do. And I focused on my one thing. So if you're somebody out there listening to this and you have like eight things you're trying to focus on, whether that's with your body or your business or your relationship or anything, like you need to dial it down to one thing. Maybe read the book, The One Thing, because that taught me a lot on this too. But it, it taught me like if you can't – like you could, it's it's the old saying. It's perfect, Right master or jack of all trades master of none well i wanted to be a master of one and so i did that and i want to be the best at what i do um so i think focusing on that helped me more than anything and like i said now i'm happier than ever um right now um i still mentor with somebody to this day jason phillips as i've mentioned a bunch of times he's he's somebody and this is a good little story too is that's i mean i pretty much ran through my whole story but one cool thing that happened recently is my connection to Jason Phillips, and I've been working a lot with him. He mentors me. We, we're going to have some cool projects coming up in the future. Um, I would be at every single NCI certification, business event, mentoring weekend, everything that he has. And I've actually – I'm literally signed up for everything across the year. But because of the baby, I decided to stay home for a couple months before and a couple months after. So I haven't been attending the recent ones. But this is a good example of, of making something happen. I was listening to Jay Ferrugia's podcast when he interviewed Jason, and I heard this guy for the first time, and I was like, man, this guy coaches people the same way I do. He has a very similar story to me of where he came from, how he built his business, how he built his online website and everything like that. Like, I can relate to this guy a lot, kind of like how I felt when Luca walked in the room and talked to us at the class. But what I realized is like not only did do I relate to his background, his business side, but also like the way he coaches people. And I was like, I need – and my gut was telling me something. And if your gut ever tells you something, like you need to follow your gut. And every time I've done that, it, is, it has taught me something. So I'm listening to this guy and I'm like, my gut tells me that I need to somehow connect with this dude. So I researched him. I listened to every podcast that I could find on him. I read some of his blogs. I looked at where he would be next. And I saw that he had an event coming up in Vegas. So I bought tickets to the event. Um, it was a NCI level one. And at the end of the day, like I have multiple nutrition certificates. I didn't need another. Um, I knew everything there is to know about macros. But you can always learn from hearing a different person's perspective. So one, I wanted to learn because I wanted to see how they did something, if they did anything different than me. But two, I knew it would put me in front of the man himself. So what I did is, is I bought that ticket and uh, I pretty much – emailed his assistant or somebody and was like, yo, I'm coming out to the event. I already bought tickets. I I bought my flight. I'm there a day early. I want to get dinner with Jason. And we went back and forth until I finally 
had an opportunity to sit down with him. His flight was late, and I literally was at this restaurant at 9 p.m. the first day when we had to be up early for the cert the next day waiting for Jason to come in. So Jason and my guy Teddy, the media dude, come in at 9 p.m. at this this Vegas restaurant. We sit down, and we chatted for hours, and we connected. And the fact that I went through all that trouble to meet him said a lot. And by the end of the weekend, I looked at him. I was like, yo, do you mentor anybody? He was like, no. Not. I mean, we have a mentor program, right? Like, there's a, a bunch of people involved. My team helps me run it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yo, do you? I want to I wanna have a relationship with you on a personal basis. And he was like, I don't have anything like that. And I was like, well, let me be the beta. And they kind of looked at me like I was crazy. Like, what are you doing? I was like, dude, what do you want to charge? I'll pay. Like, let me in your circle. And he did. And now I'm with him. And now he's mentoring me. Now he's helping me grow the business. Now he's connecting me to more people. And, and that's what this is about, connecting to people that you relate to, listening to your gut, and just following your heart and trusting the process along the way. And I will forever do all those things. Um, but that's a quick story of like just go for it. Like there's no reason not to just jump on something. If you feel the need to talk to somebody, to connect with somebody, to travel somewhere, to learn something, to jump on an idea, just do it because regret is the most painful thing you can possibly suffer from in this life. I think the hardest thing to overcome in this industry is the fear of judgment. There's a lot of shit in the fitness media that is just just horrible. It just sucks, right? And a lot of people worry about judgment. They worry about um, what people think. They doubt themselves. All those things, right? And I think that if if you can overcome those things by finding who you are and just trusting the process, just believing in yourself, then you will grow so much faster. And that was one of the biggest game changers for me is to block out the white noise and just focus on what I was doing. Don't worry about who's going to like my post. Don't worry about who's going to read my blog. Just do the work and just keep doing the work and everything will work out. So for me, it was just being patient, just trusting the process and avoiding the white noise. Um, and I think that kind of sums it up. Man, like I think uh, I didn't realize I was going to be able to talk for 45 plus minutes on my story. But I came from a – if I can end on one note is I just want you guys to realize that you can do anything in this world. You can do anything in this world. I started out as a chubby kid who was getting into bad things and had no place in fitness. And not one person that even believed in me or, or truly thought that I would be a successful fitness entrepreneur. Like that was something that was a fantasy. It was an idea. It was a concept. It wasn't real. It wasn't reality. It was impossible to most and today I own a very successful fitness and nutrition business helping hundreds and hundreds of people every single year because I just leaped. I just jumped. I just took action. I just ran with the idea. I trusted my gut and I just knew what I had to do and what I wanted in my life and I didn't take no for an answer. And if that's not proof that you guys can do anything in this world, then I don't know what is. <laughs>